everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm the hands behind Lovecraft Crochet, my plush user for the anxious, depressed, autistic, and neurodivergent. Small enough to travel in a purse, backpack, diaper bag, or even your pocket. You can check out my Facebook page or TikTok to see what patterns are available, and stay tuned for the new ones coming out. I also make hats, scarves, blankets, and dice bags for the tabletop gamer or dice goblin in your life. Feel free to order through the page, TikTok, or via email at love.craft.crochet.com. Now, back to the segment. Due to the graphic and disturbing nature of the crimes discussed, listener discretion is advised. Retrostatic Radio presents Killing 15 Minutes. Hello and welcome to Killing 15 Minutes, where you get your true crime fix in 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. I'm your writer, Sam Rossi, and shortly I'll be handing over a rough draft of a script to my brother, AJ, who hasn't read it, who most likely has no idea what we're talking about. This should be fun. Good luck, bro. Thanks, Sammy. And I like the new opener. And, just to let you know, this was written while Sam had her shoulder surgery, so it's actually my mother's handwriting on today's script. Hi, Mom. Herb Braumeister. Baumeister? Braumeister? There's no R. Okay, Braumeister. Herb Baumeister was an American businessman and suspected serial killer. He did it. Anyone who says they're a businessman, I think, is a serial killer. Okay, then. Born in Indianapolis, Indiana, on April 7, 1947, the eldest of four children. His father was an anesthesiologist. He began exhibiting antisocial behavior in his adolescence. Now, it might be Brau- might be Braumeister, because that looks like there's an R there. Baumeister enjoyed playing with dead animals and urinating on teachers' desks. Well, I mean, some of the teachers, I would have liked to urinate on their desks. Yeah. I'm not trying to justify this guy, because he liked playing with dead animals. Friends later recalled that he would ponder what it would taste like to drink human urine, which is called urophilia. His behavior in his teens had his father secret him off for mental examinations. He was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, an antipersonality disorder. However, he did not receive any psychiatric treatment. He withdrew to himself and spent many hours alone and did not date. In 1965, he attended Indiana University for a semester before dropping out. In 72, he did a semester at Butter University in Indiana, the, in Indiana. As an adult, he drifted through jobs, marked by a strong work ethic, but also in bizarre behavior. See, again, it's Braumeister. Baumeister married Julianne Sether on November 1971, a union that produced three children. Sather later said that they had been sexually intimate only six times in 25 years and never saw her husband nude. Six months into his marriage, he was committed into a psychiatric hospital by his father for two months. His wife said he was hurting and needed help. Baumeister finally found a successful two-store chain of thrift stores in 1988. In 94, Baumeister's son had been playing in the family backyard when he found a complete 
partially buried human skeleton. Well, how can it be complete and partially buried? Oh, it was a complete skeleton, but partially buried. Correct. He explained to his family that it had been one of his father's dissecting skeletons. They had it stored in the garage and buried it in the garden after he cleaned out the garage. By the early 90s, investigators with the Marion County Sheriff's Department and the Indianapolis Police Department began investigating the disappearances of gay men of similar age and build in Indianapolis. So he killed gay men? Allegedly? Allegedly. In 92, they were contacted by a man named Tony Harris, claiming that a gay bar patron named Brian Smart had likely killed a friend of his, Roger Godlet, Roger Goodlett, based off of his interest in Goodlett's missing persons case and attempted to kill him with a pool hose during, a, during an erotic asphyxiation session in his mansion. After meeting at a local gay bar, Harris eventually saw this man again, followed his car, took down a, and then took down his license plate in 95. Police identified Brian Smart as her Braumeister. Investigators approached him and told him he was a suspect and asked to search his home, which he and his wife refused to allow them to search the property. However, by June of 96, Sather had been... Sather had become frightened of her husband's erratic behavior, that after filing for a divorce, she consented to the search. The search of the estate was conducted while he was on vacation. The search turned up 11 men, eight of whom were identified. The following victims that were identified are 1. John Lee Bayer. Went missing May 28, 93. Number two, Jeffrey Allen Jones, who went missing July 6th. Three, Richard Douglas Hamilton Jr., missing July 31st. All of these in 93, by the way. Manuel Resendez, missing August 6th. Number five, Alan Lee Livingston, missing August 6th. His remains went unidentified until October 2023. Huh. Number six, Stephen Sperlin Hale, missing April 1st, 94. Number seven, Alan Wayne Brossard, missing June 6th, 94. Number eight, Roger Allen Goodlett, missing July 22nd, 94. Two weeks before his disappearance, Goodlett was seen with Baumeister in several Indianapolis gay bars. Number nine, Michael Frederick Kiern, last seen March 31st, 95, at a gay bar in downtown Indianapolis. A jacket of Kiern's was found in Baumeister's residence. Baumeister, flee Baumeister fled to Canada after arrest warrants were issued. Once in Ontario, he would commit suicide in Pinery Provincial Park on Lake Huron. With a 357 Magnum, he left a three-page suicide note. He wrote his regret for messing up the park for a broken marriage, but never mentioned any of his victims or admitted to any crimes. His final meal was a peanut butter sandwich, and that is all.
because then it becomes the I-70 Strangler. Well, they talk about the I-70 Strangler as does, does they it does actually contain. Oh, it does connect. It does connect. Oh, okay. In what Sam totally tells me is connected, the I-70 Strangler is the nickname of an unidentified American serial killer who killed at least 11 young boys and men in Indiana and Ohio between June 1980 through October 91, dumping the bodies near Interstate 70, hence the I-70 Strangler. The killer met his victims in popular gay bars in a four-block radius in Indianapolis. I see where it's probably linked now. Yep. And you at home should know, too. All victims were found naked or partially clothed near Interstate 70, often dumped in rivers, streams, or ditches in the rural countryside. Each have been strangled to death. Though officially unsolved, Baumeister was named the prime suspect in April 99. According to investigators, bodies of the I-70 Stranglers stopped being found in 91 after Baumeister bought the after Baumeister bought his Fox Hollow farm. Okay. And that is the case of Herbert, I'm assuming it's Herbert Baumeister. And Sorry if that seemed like a little bit more disjointed than normal. There was a lot of editing because my mother's handwriting is like she's a 60-year-old on antidepressants with a heart thing. Now, I actually find this one interesting. Okay. Because there is something that I always look at whenever I look at serial killers. Okay. Or, like, when I look at, like, watch, you know. Like, I like listening to Casual Criminalist, you know. In fact, Simon Whistler's the reason I... Stole the concept, although that was decoding the unknown. I didn't realize he did a casual criminalist thing until after we started killing 15. Mm. But that's his own thing. But a lot of the time when I listen to a serial killer, you know, or any crime thing, there's, very, you know, it, uh, it's very easy to look at it like, you know, the Miami Strangler. Okay. Okay. Miami is a hotbed of people. It's very easy that another serial killer, another killer, you know, was part of the Miami Strangler. Yes. Like, sort of like how supposedly the heart the, the heartbreak killer is, was hired by O.J. Simpson to kill his wife. Not the heartbreak. Yeah, no, it was, I think it was Lonely Hearts. Lonely Hearts. Lonely Hearts killer. Or, or like how I, I feel that the Boston Strangler was several people. Son of Sam was several people. Or Son of Sam was several people. Or even the Zodiac, I feel... That oh, I think that because I think the lonely lane or the uh, lovers lane killings, yeah, was a different serial killer than late stage Zodiac. I'll give you that. You know, because it's a similar thing that um, if you haven't listened to it and it should be up now, hopefully, the overkilling fifteen minutes we did on Peter Sutcliffe actually brings up that there was a hoaxer, you know, at the time who was like, oh yeah. I totally am the, you know, Yorkshire Ripper. I'm Jack the Ripper. I also killed this person. <coughs> now, it's very easy to turn around because... But anyways, there, there's always this weird disconnect between serial killers. Like, even if their hunting grounds overlap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, the Green River Killer was also active um, around the same time as... Uh, um, no. Not the Green River Killer. But um, like the, the, Edmund Kemper was active at the same time as uh, 
I think it was Richard Chase or Herbert Mullins, one of the two, where... Now, by all that I mean is that, um, before we had to interrupt, you were bringing up, uh, Kemper was active in this, like... It was, I can't remember. The same territory as... And they were having, they did, uh, have, they did not know at the time, because they had similar methods, that, uh, it was two different people. Well, and that's where I think, bringing up the I-70, like... Bringing up the I-70 murder, which, you know... It, it aligns properly, and especially when it comes to unsolved. Right. But at the same time, it's weird to me if he wasn't the killer, him killing himself. Right. Especially going to Canada. I do like that in his suicide, I know he's like, I'm sorry I messed up the park. Yeah. I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is. But otherwise, I really don't have a lot to say here. It seems fairly straightforward that it, it is weird that, <coughs> I mean, it'd be understandable if it was closeted homosexual. Which is completely possible. Or at least according to some level, because him and his wife only had sex, you know, four times. Six times and got three kids. No, it was four times oh, in okay. 25. You said four. Okay. Well, it's just six, but okay. It could have been four to six times. Yeah. But, you know, if he was closeted, that would explain why he was going to gay bars and everything. Right. But at the same time, it comes off like, you know, if he was the killer, which is very possible, and by that I mean, I think he is, that especially since he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, but... There was no, like, no, his dad pulled him out of treatment. Right. So, this is easily a case of, yeah, as bad as it sounds, and I always hate this stigma towards anyone with any mental illness. Right. But untreated paranoid schizophrenia does lead to this sort of behavior. Even if it wasn't schizoid paranoid, even if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't schizophrenia, you know, untreated mental illness leads to bad things, period. Period. And it's why, hell, he could even be innocent, and I could actually see where it is a matter of his own, you know, depression, his own whatever other mental illnesses he has would lead him to take his own life. But that does not explain the eight, the 11 bodies found on his property. Yeah, know what? That actually is a very fair point. <laughs> and I find it just... <laughs> That's fair. I got nothing. You make a valid counter that I cannot counter back. I know, right? Because it's like, we could talk about this all day. However, at the end of the day... Bodies were found on his property. And they were all gay men, and they lined up with the I-70 Strangler's stuff. Yep. However... Do I think he was the I-70 Strangler? No. Do I think there's probably more of that where he, possibility that it is him? I didn't go further into looking into it because that could be an episode for a later date. And that could be another overkilling episode. We could actually do an interesting breakdown of, you know, anything we could find. But that's where you at home come in. Because Overkilling 15 is where we take a look at any of our past Killing 15 Minutes episode and expound on it a lot more than what we do today. Now, 
right now, we just did the Peter Sutcliffe one. Again, that should be up, or at least starting to be up. I believe we're still going to do it as a weekly... Uh, upload. Weekly upload. So part one should be up now. Uh, please follow us on all of our socials, especially if you want to, you know, be able to be like, yo, that was a great episode, but, you know, could you do Doreen Aileen, Aileen, whatever the hell her name is. Aileen Warnos? Uh, is she the one that killed like 20 dudes? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Charlie's Theron movie. Yeah, Charlie's Theron. You know, or hey, maybe do the Green River. Did she win an Oscar for it? I know she was nominated. I'm 90% sure she won an Oscar for it. I believe so. Uh, Or, you know, maybe the Green River Killer or O.J. Simpson, which we don't want to do directly because, again, he was found not guilty. However, you guys at home can choose. Choose that as your Patreon thing. I think it's uh, $15. $15 and you get a shout-out and your own episode. A shout-out and your own episode of Killing 15. So it will only be the 15-minute versions. However, we will probably have a tier for overkilling up eventually. But more than anything, though, what's your final thoughts on this? He, he, I don't know. Always treat your mental health. Yes, that's a great final thought. Always treat your mental health. You should not be ashamed of who you are as long as it's not hurting people. If it's hurting people, be ashamed. Try and correct that behavior. You start having homicidal tendencies. Please talk to somebody. You have suicidal tendencies. Talk to somebody. They can text now. There's a texting app for that. Yeah, but BetterHelp actually had an issue where they were selling... uh, user info to... No, I'm saying the, uh... Oh, the suicide... National Suicide Hotline. They do have a texting number now. It is now a texting number where you can actually text to somebody if you don't feel comfortable talking. But you're comfortable texting, messaging behind... Basically behind a screen. Yeah. And with all that said, please like us on Facebook at Killing15Minutes. Follow us on Twitter at Killing15Mins. Join us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash killing15minutes. And follow us over on Overkilling 15 Minutes for the when that with that happening. And also on Patreon, you can hear some of our other uh, pilot episodes for shows like... Mything 15 Minutes and Debunking 15 Minutes. And we have a special guest for debunking, but you'll have to find out... By listening to it on Patreon. I'm AJ Carey. And I'm Sam Rossi. Later, y'all. Killing 15 Minutes is hosted by Arthur Carey, with scripts written and researched by Sam Rossi. If you like this episode or want to stay updated on this series, consider following Killing 15 Minutes on Patreon or Retrostatic Radio on all major social media platforms. Good night and God bless. You're watching Retrostatic Radio.